You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 366. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And just right off the bat, got to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're spending it with friends and family. We're going to have a special edition of the weekly podcast. We're having Courtney Robertson on, but we're not going to talk Bachelor, Bachelorette, and break down the show, or even Golden Bachelor, really. We do talk about it a little bit at the end just in terms of its ratings and how well it's done. But I didn't have her on to discuss anything going on really in Bachelor World. We're having fun. We're doing 10 questions with Courtney Robertson. Get to know her a little bit better and maybe even get to know me a little bit better since I answer some of these myself. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So, yeah, we started off this podcast. I was like, look, it's Thanksgiving Day. I don't expect a lot of you to be listening to my podcast today. So I wanted to do something a little fun. I didn't want to do some you know, major hard-hitting interview that, you know, was really good but is wasted on holiday. So um, I wanted to have fun with Courtney Robertson, and Courtney was down for it. We played 10 questions. Remember when I first started out my podcast seven years ago? Do you realize next week or two weeks from now will be the seven-year anniversary I started my weekly podcast? Yeah, my weekly podcast. Can you believe that? When I started, I think December 4th, 2016, was my first podcast. I mean, I don't think I ever thought I'd still be doing it seven years later. Because at the time, I didn't really know the landscape of what was going to happen. But not only that, (laughs) for the last year and a half, I've been doing, well, So we started the daily podcast July of 2022, and then January of this year, I added the sports daily. So for the last 11 months, essentially, 11 podcasts a week. As far as I know, there's nobody in the podcast game that is doing what I'm doing. Maybe there is some out there. Obviously, I know there's a shit ton of podcasts out there, and I'm not talking about length. I'm just talking about how many I do a week. You know, it's 11 every single week since January of this year. For the longest time, it was one a week. Then July of 2022, it picked up to six a week. Monday through Friday Daily Roundup, the Thursday Weekly Show. And then I added the Sports Daily. Is anybody out there doing 11 podcasts a week? You know, roughly 25 to 30 minutes minimum, 11 a week. Two a day and three on Thursdays, Monday through Friday. I I don't know. Maybe there is somebody out there, but I can't imagine there's more than, I don't know, two doing it. Uh, but maybe. I You know, those Rob has a podcast, people. Doesn't Rob do something every day? But I I don't know if he doubles up. I, I just, I don't know. I'm just saying, I can't imagine there's many. But my whole point was, in two weeks, we're having our seven-year anniversary of doing the weekly, this weekly podcast, which, you know, has definitely changed over the years. Those of you that have been with me from the beginning, you know how this started out. I was the first guy in this franchise. Well, I shouldn't even say I'm not part of the franchise, but I was the first podcaster 
that had a weekly show interviewing former contestants from the show. I was the only guy that was doing it. Obviously, it just seems foreign now because everybody does it. But I was the first guy to do it. And I did it for a couple of years before it kind of caught on and others started doing it. And then obviously the Bachelor franchise decided we have to have our own in-house podcast where we can send our contestants to. Because if we don't, they're going to Reality Steve and we don't want them going to him. So that's why obviously my guests have changed. You know the podcast guests that I get from the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise are usually people that have been out of the show for at least three, four, five years. And people that don't really want to be part of the franchise anymore. Um, You know, I love talking to them because a lot of them have good stories and a lot of them, you know, allow us to take a trip down memory lane, like I always say. And it's fun to do that. But of course I want the most recent ones. I just can never get them. The show will not allow it. Have I spoken to some of them off air? Of course. And they've told me, like, yeah, I'd love to do it. I just can't. I'm under contract. So, I, you know, it, things hopefully will change. But we just don't know where the podcast world is headed. But seven years now, I've been doing this weekly. It's, it really is crazy to me. I like having some repeat guests, you know. I like having, you know, Dave on every three months, Courtney on every you know, two to, you know, a couple times a year. Olivia Caridi has been on a lot. Um, Kristen Baldwin, EW.com. She comes on. Uh, Kate Casey. Uh, you know, you know who my my go to's are. Jacqueline Trumbull comes on whenever I ask her. You know, these are these are some of my go to's and I love talking to them. I love just making it different. And, you know, there's some familiarity when having those people on. It's just so easy to talk to them. Sometimes when I have somebody new on that I've never spoken to, you know, I go into it a little bit nervous of I have no idea how it's going to go. I've never spoken to this person before. And you're just worried like, oh, what if it what if they're not good? You just don't know. Most of them, almost all my guests, I feel gave really good answers and are interesting. There's one that sticks out to me. I'm not going to bring it up. It was years ago, but there was one where I felt like I was pulling teeth trying to get them to answer questions about the show. And not even ta- I'm not even talking about like dirt or tea or gossip, anything like that. It was just, hey, tell us about what happened, and you were on this date, and you did this. And it was just very short answers, and they had no good stories, and just nothing. And, you know, I, you know, I tried, and that was it. But no need to go there. I'm not going to say who it was, because I appreciated them coming on. But for the most part, I think every guest I've had um, is either, you know, good or uh, and on the mic and knows how to answer questions. And I've never really had that issue out. There's only one that sticks out to me that I thought what didn't really go well, but you know, this is a show that these people obviously have been on camera before. They know how to speak, they know how to talk. So it definitely, you, you expect it. So that's why this is podcast number three sixty six. Have I had 366 different guests? Of course not. But I've probably had over 200 have been different Two, I've probably spoken to 200 different people, maybe more. Um, you know, with the repeats, Dave has been on probably five or six times. Courtney's been on five or six times. Kate Casey, probably five or six times. Jacqueline's been on three or four times. Like, yeah, 
but I love talking to them and I try to make it different every time. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's still crazy to me. It, it is, it's crazy to me that I'm here seven years later. It's even crazier that I thought <laughs> that I d- decided to add a daily, which was probably the best thing I ever thought of. I don't have too many great ideas, but that was one of them because that's really been the driving force behind my podcast growing is the daily. And, you know, you'll hear you'll hear at the end of this podcast with Courtney, because my last question to her, spoiler alert, is, you know, what are you most thankful for here on this Thanksgiving Day? And to be honest, you know, obviously the basic answer is, you know, family, friends, health. But my biggest thing that I'm thankful for is you guys, the listeners, because I would not be able to keep my daily roundup up if the downloads weren't there and I wasn't seeing a return on, man, I'm recording a every night. I'm up till usually 1230 or 1 a.m. every morning doing my daily roundup and my sports daily. If the downloads weren't there, it would be really tough for me motivationally to just keep it going. But you guys are there. My numbers are consistent and they have been literally since July of 2022. Obviously, when it first started, it took a while. I didn't say a while. It took a few weeks for it to be like, okay. But ever since July, beginning of August 2022, I started July 11th of 2022, I'd say starting in August, my first full month, my numbers have been so consistent. And that's because of you guys. You guys have all been there. It's crazy to think that because I've told you this before. Like, I'm in my office every night by myself recording my podcast. I know people listen because I see the downloads, but it's just weird to think that people listen and care what I have to say and enjoy it and listen in the morning when they're walking their dog or taking their kids to school and stuff like that. Those of you that listen when you're taking your kids to school, I apologize for any cursing that happens. I try not to go overboard, but yeah, you know, I drop an F-bomb or an S-bomb every once in a while. It's going to happen. So I hope it doesn't, you know, infiltrate your kids' ears or if you tell them earmuffs or something. (laughs) But you know, I think by now, you know, I'm going to I'm going to curse probably once or twice every podcast. Some I don't. But anyway, uh, I just want to say thanks uh, to all of you who have been loyal listeners. And, you know, it's why I throw the party every year. It's why I have my reality C fan appreciation party. This isn't some sort of ego stroke for me. It's it's nothing like that. It is strictly because it's a thank you to everybody to where you come out. We party, open beer and wine bar, food there for you. I know you have to buy a flight and, uh, you know, a, a hotel room, so that's why I don't charge for it. Give away prizes, usually give away some money. And it's just a, that's my thank you, and it really is every year. And I figure that's the one thing I can do uh, for you, the listeners. So um, might have some other things in the work coming up in a little bit. We'll see. But thank you all for everything that you do for me. Uh, keep me going on this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. You have no idea because I never would have thought I could be able to do 11 podcasts a week. And I do it because I see that you guys are interested. The minute that starts waning and going way down, that's when I know it's time to hang it up and stop it. But it doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. So thank you. Keep tuning in. I'll keep giving you info, keep giving you any sort of gossip and dirt or whatever. Um, but that's what we're here for. So Thank you once again. I really appreciate it. I hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving.
All right, let's get started. Podcast number 366, 10 questions with Courtney Robertson. Okay, let's bring her in. Uh, you've heard her numerous times on this podcast before. We're bringing her back for a Thanksgiving special. You saw her first on Ben Flanick's season of The Bachelor. It is Courtney Robertson. Courtney, how are you doing? Hi, gobble gobble. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I cannot wait to just put my fat pants on and just feast. Now, since we last spoke to you, you had a recent announcement that you went public with. You and Umberto are pregnant with your third child. A boy is coming in March of 2024. What's funny is the day that you guys had your people announcement uh, on, you know, people.com covered the announcement was the same day that Blake Horseman also had an announcement on people.com about his baby. Like, that's so weird. Did they give you a heads up? Like, hey, by the way, when your story's running, we're also running someone else in Bachelor Nation who's pregnant. No, they did it. I saw that, though, and I was like, oh, wow, gosh. And then Tenley, um, yeah, she announced hers like a day before. I messaged her like, oh, my gosh, we're announcing ours tomorrow. So every, I don't know what's in the air, but, man, these – Babies for everybody. You get a baby. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wonder if any more are coming uh, in the near future. I wonder. Hmm. Any, more, any more announcements coming? Um, so, all right. So because this is Thanksgiving and because we've had you on numerous times, we're not going to talk about the show anymore. We've talked about we've talked about anything under the sun when it comes to you and your season and being a villain and all that stuff. This is just Thanksgiving Day. We're going to play 10 questions. Now, I used to do this in the beginning of my podcasts uh, when I started my podcast seven years ago, where at the end of every interview, I would do a rapid 10, where we would just kind of rip through 10 questions just to get to know the person a little bit better. And then after a while, I realized I just stopped doing it, I think because I had run out of guests and I was repeating a lot of guests, so I couldn't do it uh, at that point because that's when I basically started, I, I basically stopped doing it once. Um, other people in Bachelor Nation started getting podcasts, and I was losing uh, my guests to those people because they were being told, you don't go on Reality Steve's podcast. So I'm bringing it back uh, just for, for Thanksgiving Day. We're not going to talk anything show-related. We don't need to. So we're going to just get started here with 10 questions. And these aren't necessarily rapid, and I think I might even answer some of these myself for you. And I would love that. So, yeah, I want to know, Steve. <laughs> all right, so here we go. Question number one. Who was the best guy you've ever been with in bed? No, I'm kidding. That's just that was, ah! a, joke. <laughs> that, that was a joke. That was in reference to your book. Um, Umberto. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's the only answer. There's only one right answer here, Steve. I know. That's the only answer. Um, no. So the question is, did you go to your senior prom? Who was he? Do you still keep in touch with him today? Or do you know what he's up to today? Yes, I did go to my senior prom. It was I was torn. I went um, with a, my boyfriend at the time. I was kind of dating two guys, actually, kind of on and off. And <laughs> they both asked to take me. They were a great hire. So they were already, you know, out of high school. And I went with my sweetheart, who was, his name was Chris. And we were together for like seven years, actually. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was a long relationship. It was a great relationship taught me a lot and he actually was just visiting in Arizona. He doesn't live here and he reached out and he, he was going to meet my kids, but the, it didn't work out. But yeah, he really had my back during the bachelor stuff. He came out and stood up for me because he was getting hounded by the media 
Um, so yeah, and it was a good time. I can't say he was the best date. He forgot my corsage. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good time. And I think he was kind of over it cause he was out of high school. What about you? Did you go to your senior prom? Oh yeah. And it was, um, not good. No. <clears throat> what? <laughs> what happened? No, I went, I went with somebody cause I, I, you know, my senior year, I was kind of the, um, the star basketball player. So I kind of took advantage of that my senior year. I really hopped around from girl to girl. I did. And I'm not going to shy away from that. And Naughty, naughty. Good for yeah, you. I never cheated, but I would just dump one girl and literally be seeing someone two days later. And you know, <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, that I, I kind of, you know, I had the, the ego thing going senior year of high school. But when prom season was rolling around, I started dating a sophomore. And Ooh. she was strict Mormon, which oh, wow. didn't really align with my values. And because she was a sophomore and strict Mormon, her parents wanted her home at a certain time. Um, her and I really, um, it just it just wasn't a good senior prom experience. Not to mention, I went in a limo with two of my friends, and one of my friends literally took my high school sweetheart who was a freshman in college at that point. So <laughs> I had to go to my senior prom with my high school sweetheart who was I had been on and off with for three years, who was, wow. now, who was now a freshman in college at UCLA. She came down, and it was just awkward. It was just bad. And we had to drop my date off first at the end of the night, and then I just went back and partied with everyone else. It was just It just wasn't a good night. It wasn't a... Yeah. Oh, you like the, you had the older woman. That would be brutal. That oh, hopefully you got to dance with her. Um, I don't even remember what happened at the prom itself. I just know that my date was very nervous because even though we were dating, you know, I was a senior, she was a sophomore. She thought that there were expectations that came with dating a senior. You know, look, I mean, I'm. She was strict Mormon. It did not happen. Don't, you know, for anyone thinking that, no, it never happened. We never said expectations. No yeah. sex in the champagne room. <laughs> she had a strict curfew. <laughs> there you go. Like it was, it was just, but I was dating her at the time and it's, I couldn't ask anybody else. I couldn't be like, Hey, I'm going to go with somebody else. Like she was my girlfriend at the time. It was just a bad, uh, choice of having her as my girlfriend. Just wasn't, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but whatever. Um, I think I think a lot of it had to do with there was the fact that there was a younger girl at the school that really liked me. And I was just like, like I said, just kind of took advantage of it, um, of the situation, not her. Question number two. What is your guilty pleasure movie? I'm not talking about when it comes to, well, you know, I'm talking about when it comes on, you're watching it till the end. And it's not something that's obviously your favorite movie, just one that might be one of those good, bad movies. Like every time it comes on, you're like, I got to I got to watch it till the end. Oh gosh, so many! I, you're, this is gonna probably blow your mind, but uh, Cast Castaway. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because it's so quiet. There's no dialogue, <laughs> yeah, and I guess, yeah, okay. And it, you know, I like to think like, what would I do in that situation? And it's, I mean, Tom Hanks. I just, I love that movie. I don't know why. I just love it. No. What about you? Um, you're gonna think just as random as you think it is for Castaway for you. You know what mine is. Pitch Perfect. I can wow. watch, I can watch Pitch Perfect every anytime I see it on. I'm watching it till the end. 
I, and I don't I've know never what, seen it. Oh yeah, no, Pitch Perfect. Is that a musical? I can't it's, see on musicals. It's an, it makes an, my ears bleed. <laughs> it's the opposite of Castaway because considering Castaway has no dialogue and and nothing <laughs> going on in it, uh, it's it's an acapella movie about college students in an acapella group, but it's it's funny. Anna Kendrick's in it. Um, oh, I love her. Yeah, she's great. I I've always had a little crush on her. So she's a cutie. But this one is, uh, yeah, I would say. Uh, easily a movie that like is my total guilty pleasure that i'll watch till the end anytime i see it come on um <clears throat> all right question number three what is your worst modeling story i mean we've heard st- horror stories in the modeling industry and i know you used to model back in the day did you used to model overseas too or were you just did yeah you ever, you ever so do that? i like, did i they wanted to send me to malaysia that you go work on your book your portfolio and i wasn't like a high fashion like paris i wasn't skinny or tall enough for that but i lived in new zealand twice and i went to australia and then obviously i traveled a lot for just certain shoots and stuff but man i've got a bunch steve i was watching that reality i'm sorry reality steve. <laughs> oh my god my mom brain i was watching the netflix special about abercrombie so that's how i got my start little back quick backstory i was working in the store i was a senior in high school and actually my boyfriend at the time which was chris worked there too and he was like they're doing the casting like you should come and do it and i was like what anyway that's how i started working as a model um for abercrombie and that was like a big deal to like having never modeled to like okay now we're shooting with bruce weber who is like one of the most famous photographers in the world and the first time I went, um, they asked if I would shoot nude for the back to school catalog in Philadelphia. And they what? sent me home the next, yeah, they asked me to, to go home the next day. I said no. And they, they had me work for one day and then they sent me home the next day because I wouldn't do nudes. And I was like, I was so young. I wasn't going to do that. But, and then I went on to do it again in Rome and it was like a 13 day shoot. And of course I was like, sure, I'll do it. I had already moved to LA. I was like modeling, you know, full time and I was naked all over. Rome. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was crazy. But I have heard horror stories from the guys at the time. I think people might find this interesting. So Bruce Weber is, um, you know, he's gay and he's had some pretty big lawsuits. He shoots for Ralph Lauren and, so he would walk off. You'd see him walk off with the guys. And I had straight guys there telling me like, oh, he tried to give me a massage or he came on to me. And I mean, it was constant. And then the guys that turned down the advances usually got sent home the next day. Okay. I'm confused. Why are you doing a nude for a back to school shoot? I don't understand. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> I thought the whole point of back to school was, hey, kids, here's your... Here's some clothing for going back to school. <laughs> Good point. I never, I never thought about it like that. Man, you're right. So when that you, is but so... when you did nudes overseas, you're talking about like implied nudes where you're naked but you're covered, or you did nude oh modeling? no full full on full bore naked. I shot in a waterfall. We went to a castle. They pa- paired me up with a guy who was like my boyfriend for the week. Like they, he was like my, you know, in every shot with me for the most part. And we went to the, oh God, how do you say it? The, the Mona, Mona Lisa. Oh God, now I'm going to drive me crazy. I'll remember at midnight tonight. Anyway, we went to like some historic places and I'd be like standing by a statue just naked. Oh um, 
Yeah, well, remember they they got like it was the last nude catalog they ever shot, and then they shut it down um, because they had a lot of legal stuff going on. Like we're not hiring people, you know. It, it was it wasn't all inclusive, so to speak. So I would say the Bruce Weber thing. It was an honor to work with him. They're like everyone's like this is like working with like a Picasso, right? And it definitely because I did Abercrombie, it led you know, it opened doors for me, but the poor guys, man, they were definitely, um, those stories are true. I'll just put it that way. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, it's, I, cause I, yeah, I was expecting when you said something about, you know, the modeling industry and whatnot. And like I said, your worst story, it didn't surprise me that that would, it would be something along those lines. I mean, I was thinking, you know, knowing about drug use in the industry or something like that, that we, you know, would have been something along those lines as well. But I'm sure that you were uh, around that as well. Um, well, just living in L.A., I wouldn't say so much on job shoots. Most models, I mean, I, I will say when I did the Abercrombie thing, it was kind of gross. There were some girls with eating disorders and, you know, you'd see them go off to the bathroom or they'd make a mess in there. And I luckily never had that problem. But just living, I mean, I moved to L.A. when I was 19. I lived on Hollywood Boulevard and I was going out and, like, I just remember, like, Kimberly Stewart and, like, I'd be going to get invited. They'd invite the models to these parties. And you would be shocked how many people, celebrities, you just saw doing it off the back of their hand, like doing drugs and stuff. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just present. And I dated an actor who had a drug problem, and he would be running off doing it. And I never did it. I, I'm really fortunate. And I remember him being like, Courtney, please never do this. Like, you know, you'll get hooked. And uh, for those that don't know, there are... I don't want to say quite a few, but I know quite a few in Bachelor Nation that are big time, big time drug addicts. That right in the white lightning. Oh Oh, no! You know, I think I've met a couple. I think I've met a couple of them actually um, uh, in Venice Beach. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I think you. I would love to tell you. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't. I don't want to get sued over here. But yeah, I've definitely seen a couple of the guys in Venice Beach, and you can just tell they're like real thin and (laughs) they look a little strung out. Yeah, no names. You know, we're not going to reel anybody, but it's uh, it's very, I don't want to say very prevalent, but there's quite a few names that I know. That, I'm surprised uh, that men- hasn't gotten out more, but I think people are hesitant to talk about people's drug use and yeah. that kind of stuff. Because yeah. well, even when I wrote my book, I had the legal part. But anyway, sorry. Um, what was your craziest modeling job? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I asked <laughs> you that. So I, was like, I didn't have to answer that one. But no, and I'm not even just, I don't want to just rail here on the men. Men and women from this franchise that are absolute oh, yeah. drug addicts for sure. Um, all right, question number four. Um, this has like two parts to it. The first part is, are you a, are you a cook or no? Yes, I'm a fake chef. I love, I cook all the time. I'm like obsessed with it. I wish I could have a cooking show. I love cooking. <laughs> okay, so what's your go-to meal? that you make that you think is the best one or maybe that your husband loves the best oh my gosh he's so sweet anything i make for him it's like the best meal ever he's so cute um but i would say pasta i make like a homemade pasta sauce a meat sauce and i do it slow and low i do the meat you can't can't cook the meat too fast or it gets really dry and i add fresh ingredients i have like a little basil garden and can't put the basil in too soon because it will 
actually like turn kind of bitter. So you got to do that the last second. But yeah, I would say a pasta dish. I'm Italian and uh, anything Italian, I can cook a, a um, lasagna from scratch, but I enjoy cooking that the most. I put on like buco de pepo music, Italian <laughs> style music, and we make it a whole uh, uh, spaghetti sundae. Gotcha. No, that's great. I mean, I'm Italian as well. Obviously, you know that. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, <laughs> I got you an olive card and gift card for your birthday. Yeah, Hello. That one was used literally within two weeks. That thing's been long gone. <laughs> oh. Um, I'm so glad, Steve. <laughs> um, now, along the same lines, we're, we're still on question four here because we just mentioned Olive Garden or whatever. Do you have a favorite chain restaurant? Doesn't have to be Italian or whatever, but do you have a favorite chain restaurant that you guys frequent, or even a or even a local one that maybe you want to plug and say, "Hey, this is my favorite one locally." Mm, I will, gosh, I have so many. I would say Red Lobster is my favorite chain restaurant. Oh, really? Oh, really? oh my god. Well, every, yeah, the every time there's biscuits. an Olive Garden, every time there's an Olive Garden, there's a Red Lobster next to it because they're right next to it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, growing up in Arizona, we don't have a like seafood. Red, it's not like a thing here, really, because it's you know it's hard to get fresh seafood. So yeah, I I don't eat there very often, but. And then chain. I mean, can it be fast food? I we do the uh, Jack in the Box tacos. Um, <laughs> that's like our go-to really? nasty meal, and. Yeah, I think it was Mother's Day. We were having a tough day. Long story short, I, I for the first time I did Uber Eats, and you know they're two for a dollar or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I was. I never had done it before. Anyway, I or, ended up ordering like what I thought would be like six tacos, and it showed up, and there was like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Jack in the Box was right next to my house growing up. Um, I'm salivating right now. Yeah, those those tacos are like it's almost like the good bad movie. They're so bad yet they're so yes. good. The and the hot sauce, you I have oh, yeah. so much hot. I have a drawer in my kitchen just of Taco Bell hot sauce. <laughs> the Jack in the Jack in the Box taco. Oh yeah, sorry, Jack in the Box. Yes, the well, hot sauce. Well, the other thing is like they're so bad because the be because the meat is just like a beef paste. It's not... I don't know if it's meat, Steve. I think it's like lard. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> when you combine it with those hot sauce packets, yeah, I can eat. I, I trust me. Mm, There's so, okay, so you can appreciate, and I will oh, reheat them the next day. I always get a couple extra, and then I'll. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've had them for breakfast, so. <laughs> I I've never had them for breakfast, but I will say that. Within the last week, those have been ordered by me on DoorDash. I, I will say. Oh that. my. So. Okay, DoorDash. I need to figure that out. So uh, you like you can appre- and I we do the curly fries as well. We get the curly um, yeah. the curly fries with that. So tacos and curly fries from Jack in the Box. Hey, if you guys want to sponsor us, let's <laughs> do it. You've got Reality Steve and I right here. <laughs> yeah, I yeah no, that's um you know DoorDash is the same as Uber Eats. I mean sometimes one of them has some restaurants in the area that the other one doesn't. And then the other one has one that the other one doesn't. So it's really the same thing, but um, okay. So this is still within question four. Cause it has to do around, it has to d- still deal with food. You obviously, you have your son, Joaquin, you have your daughter, Paloma, who as we're recording this, it's her second birthday today. And you now have a son that's on the way. What were your cravings, your main craving for each child? Do you remember for Joaquin and Paloma? Yeah, they're pretty similar, Steve. Um, everything bagels <clears throat> with cream cheese, ramen, which is probably like there's no nutrition to it, but anything carb related. Um, and then fast food. I Whataburger. I had Whataburger recently. It's like the sort of thing, 
it's like almost like you feel like you're hungover and I'm sure you've had a hangover at, at some point in your life, yeah. but you know, like you just like, that's how it feels to me in my first trimester. And so it's like when you eat something, it, it makes you feel better like instantly. So bagels, ramen, fast food, I've had in and out burger, which I do it protein style now, double, double with the lettuce, Yeah, which is, but then I, I <laughs> I've been getting the cheesy fries there a little. <laughs> I, I guess I don't think you guys have an In-N-Out Burger in Texas. Do you? Oh, no, we do. I, oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, we do. Yeah, it came about, I want to say, seven or eight years ago it came out here. And I remember when it opened up, it was about three minutes from my house. And it was right. it's right next to, like, you know what? Next time, Jeez, I, your house sounds like a hot spot. I mean, next, I would get in trouble if I live where you live. <laughs> next time I go to either Olive Garden or In and Out, I will send you the video. They're right next to each other, like within oh. within twenty feet. <laughs> the that Olive Garden right there, and the and so In and Out is right next to it. So, um, so they opened up. It was opening on like a Wednesday, and because it was such a big deal, obviously this is the first time that they had expanded outside of. California and Arizona and Nevada, it had come to Texas. So the news crews were out on Monday night and they were filming people camping out at the new in and out that was opening up in Frisco, Texas, right next to me. Oh and for two days they were there. So I was like, well, I'm going to go on Wednesday. I'll go through the drive through. <laughs> and it was in like a giant strip mall area where there was a Bed Bath & Beyond, which isn't even around anymore. Yeah, um, RIP. Bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went and it was like parking at a 50,000 seat baseball game. Like they had people where you literally couldn't just go into the drive through. You had to wait in a section in the parking lot. There was a police officer there and every... X amount of minutes, they were letting about seven or eight cars through to just get into the drive through lane. And I waited an hour and a half for in and out the first day it opened here in Texas. And I so I ended up getting two double doubles and two fries. So I was like, I'm now even starving even more. And I yeah, I waited oh. 90 minutes. Now you can just walk in and, you know, it's somewhat busy at lunch, but it's not like California busy at lunch out here. At <laughs> so, yeah, oh, my good. I, I'm not going to lie. I know they start serving lunch at 1030. I usually will go at right at 1030 so I can skip the line. The line at ours is crazy. It's like always so long. Um, but they have, I just love it there. That place is, oh yeah. my gosh. Now I'm hungry. I'm starting to salivate. <laughs> We're doing a pizza party for Paloma tonight and oh, I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm starving. <laughs> what, what pizza are you getting tonight? Uh, there's a local one. It's like the greasy New York style slices are large. It's oh, called nice. Raphael's. Yeah, we actually sometimes we do Lou Malnati's, like, like kind of Chicago thick crust, but it hasn't been so good lately. So we're going to just keep it local. Gotcha. Okay. Question number five. What is your biggest regret? I know a lot of people Ooh. say like, oh, I have no regret. I live life with no regrets. Everybody's got something they've done at some point that you're just like, uh, I shouldn't have done that. I've learned from it, but maybe I shouldn't have done that. So it doesn't have to be like something deep or major, but something that you did and you're just like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Hmm. Well, gosh, when I was dating, I mean, how, let's see. I would say, I don't know if this is my deepest regret, but it's the first one that comes to mind. I was in a relationship with somebody before I moved back to Arizona for almost two years and you didn't treat me very well. And I don't know why. I was like so in it with him because he just was awful to me. And I look back at that time 
And I had a lot of eligible suitors that I didn't really, I was just so wrapped up and is like the one that brought the worst out in me. And I, I'm just mad at myself for staying in that relationship as long as I did. Okay. No, that's fine. I mean, I think a lot of women can say like, oh, my, one of my biggest regrets was not getting out of that relationship earlier than I should have. No, totally. Yeah, that would be because it was like my, I was in my prime and I just look back and I'm like, man, I wasn't I like wasn't myself or my best self in that relationship. So what about you? Do you have any deep regrets or any? Um, I'm sure I do. I should have probably thought of this before I uh, asked it. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. This, Steve. this one, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh you know, when I when I do your podcast, you can ask me this and I'll think about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So think about it. Yeah. Think on it. Um all right, question number 6. Do you remember a time where you openly lied to spare someone's feelings or did the whole truth by omission? Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I mean, breakups have always been famously hard. Um, and in my younger days, I usually kind of had somebody else I was interested in. I was a monkey. I talked about it in my book. I would go from one relationship to the next one. And I definitely, I would say my high school sweetheart, I broke up with him. And then I was kind of talking to Jesse. And um, I just remember he was heartbroken because I went to the Emmys with him like the, within like the same week that I broke up with him. And then it was on, believe it or not, AOL. Uh, like the homepage, a picture of him and I, and I just remember how upset he was. So I wasn't quite honest in some of my breakups as far as the motive. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's where a lot of people could probably say they openly lied to spare their feelings. I remember that particular picture because when you <laughs> were announced as a contestant on Ben's season, I was like, this girl dated Jesse Metcalf. Everybody, look at their picture yeah. from the, you know, is before I knew anything about you. Um, and I was like, I know that came out real quick. That's why I told him before I left I was doing the show. I was like, I gotta tell him because I knew that was gonna surface. Yeah, no, that was I. I specifically remember that. That was fun times. Um, well before I knew you, because I was, I was, I would say, and I, you know, I honestly can't remember my coverage of you during that season, I think mine was more along the lines of, especially once I found out that you had won and you and Ben were engaged, I was just like, I think my coverage was more along the lines of, there's no way these two are lasting. She is, <laughs> she is so out of his league. She dates, she dates A-list, you know, movie stars. She's walking red carpets. What is she doing with Ben Flanick? I think that was my take. I think that's why I did the show, though, because and people didn't believe me. People thought I was a paid actor. I think people I was just like, well, this guy seems like nice and normal. I was so over like the Hollywood types that I was like, oh, my gosh, winemaker ready to get married. Check, check. OK, sign me up. Yeah. No, see, that's where my mind didn't think about that back in 20. Gosh, I still can't believe your season was filmed mm. in 2000. And it was filmed in 11 and aired in 12 or filmed in yes. 10 and yes. aired in 11. 11 and then aired in 12. Yes, that's right, because I got my first lawsuit against me because of your season. <laughs> that was oh. in, in December of 2011 is when NZK had their processor knock at my door and hand me uh, my lawsuit because I had contacted the three women from your season to, hey, tell me what happened since you're, <laughs> since you're home. And, and they said no. And then I said, I'll pay you. And they're like, no, 
I can't, I don't want to love your site, but I don't want to get in trouble. And then, you know, turned over my emails to Elon and that was the end of that. <laughs> and then that's where they it's had It's never fun to get those calls from NZK. Let me yeah, tell you. No. Um, all right. Question number seven. We talked about the fact that today is Paloma's second birthday. What children's song from a movie or TV show or something that she, that she plays with runs through your head constantly all day long? Mm. Oh, gosh. That's a really funny song. Um, so she's like super into Elmo right now. Oh. And by the way, uh, Sesame Street has gone like come so far. It's changed so much from our time. But yeah, so she likes the count. And he does this thing where he's like, it's time to get up and stomp your feet. And they count. And so I think the count and um, Joaquin's a little songbird right now. He sings everything. So his songs probably play in my head a little bit more. <laughs> which ones are, which, what is his thing that he's into? Oh gosh. He is into like these YouTube videos right now. It's just like tractors and like there are people playing with like toys and unboxing toys. It's mind numbing, yeah. but yeah, he, he's gone through all the shows for sure. Now it's kind of fun though. Like we can turn on Disney plus and watch like Ferdinand or he's super into Luca um, some Disney stuff like that, which is actually like a little bit fun for us to watch too. Is, are either of them into the baby shark thing or no? They've both been into baby shark. Yeah. He can sing baby shark. Um, he's been singing happy birthday a lot lately <laughs> and, um, yeah. It, and, and they play music at school. So sometimes they'll come home and like, be like, I want to hear this song or that song. And we'll just, you know, put on whatever. Okay. I haven't watched Sesame Street since my niece and nephew were that age, two and four. What is the, or have like, I know they have like gender neutral um, characters now. And did they establish that Bert and Ernie were gay or what, what exactly is going on with Bert <laughs> and Ernie? Is that a thing now? I don't they know. haven't established that. They're not in it very much, though, so they need more screen time. But you're right. I do remember they have definitely more diversity. They have a lot of celebrities on now, which I'm shocked. They had Billie Eilish on. That's actually Paloma's favorite episode. She's singing with the Count. Um, but, yeah, no, it's definitely come a long way, the graphics. you got to watch one. I guess you, why, why would you? Yeah, <laughs> but, but I don't even know what What is it on? Uh, PBS and then oh, it's on right. HBO Max which is great because you can just put it on and they just play over and over like the next one will just start playing but yeah they have more diversity for sure but they have like big celebrities they just had the guy from Ted Lasso on the, the yeah. football player that's like I mean it's pretty good stuff oh that's right Roy Kent was on uh, well yes character Roy, Roy Kent yes he was he was just on so are they still producing like new episodes is there a new episode every day or I don't even remember was like when and when we were watching Sesame Street as a kid, was it a new episode every day and then you get to a point in the season where there's repeats or <clears throat> was it a once a week episode? I don't even remember. I don't either. I don't, gosh, we probably had some of the same stuff though in growing up. Fraggle Rock. Fraggles are back. They oh, have, yeah. they get they have a new Fraggle show that's really cute. Um but yeah, no, I think it might have been every week. I mean, that was before T TiVo. <laughs> I just yeah. aged myself. DVR or whatever <laughs> what yeah. you call it. Uh, but yeah, I think we just record all of them because we just are constantly playing them. <laughs> okay, so those are okay. So those are the songs that she's into. 
Um, and what uh, and what Joaquin is into. Yeah, and just, ABCs. Oh, they I, both sing the ABCs, which is super cute. <laughs> okay. Question number eight: Who is your celebrity crush, male and female? Oh my gosh! Okay, Jake Gyllenhaal is my celebrity crush. He always has been. I know that's probably shocking to some people. And I was in like, I was like 10 feet away from him once and I clamped up. I wish I would have asked for a picture. We, I was at Indy 500 with Ari actually. And we were on the track and he was there, I think promoting, what is it? Southpaw or one of his like fighting movies. Okay. And Ari knew it was my celebrity crush and he started elbowing me. He's like, you're blowing it. You're blowing it. He's like, go talk to him. And I was like, I, I can't. So yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, my husband teases me about it all the time. And he's like, Courtney, pfft, please. He's like, if you ever got a chance, go for it. <laughs> um, and then my female celebrity crush, and this is probably not a popular opinion, but um, I've always been attracted to like Angelina Jolie. There's just something very mysterious about her. You know, she was a lesbian for a while, um, and she just seems like a, just, I don't know, there's just something about her. She's just very pretty to me. I know everybody loves Jennifer Aniston, so do I, but <laughs> I love Angelina Jolie. I can't even answer that question in terms of female, because there's so many that every, I, I have a top five, and it seems to have 20 women in it, so it's impossible <laughs> for me to, like, I even earlier this conversation, I said, Anna, Anna Kend Kendrick, Anna yeah. Kendrick is in my top five, but there's so many. I just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even narrow it down. Uh, Jen, I mean, if but, we're going old school and someone who will always be like, and I've told this story numerous times before, but Alyssa, Alyssa Milano was my first crush ever. I used to literally buy Teen Bop and Beat and Teen Beat and or Bop Magazine and Teen Beat coming home from school. And I used to like literally cut out every picture that Alyssa Milano was in and put it in a scrapbook along with with others. But she was the one that I was like the first one. I think she's probably the first girl that I ever noticed on TV where I was like, whoa, things are happening to me as a boy that <laughs> watching her on screen is making me excited. You know, I think that I was, think I've was heard you one. talk about her before. Then how about her in that Ryan Felipe movie that was with Reese Witherspoon? There was a scene with her that was like white, like really racy. Oh, yeah. Remember? Oh, I yeah. bet you saw that a couple times. Yeah, that was uh, fear. That was oh, fear. That was the movie. Loved that movie. Yeah, that's where now looking back on it, I think Reese Witherspoon did a Reese Witherspoon did an interview recently talking about that particular scene that we're all very well aware of where she's <laughs> getting on the roller coaster. Yeah, getting fingered on the roller coaster where she basically said like I I think she basically said like I was basically forced to do that scene. I was not comfortable with it and I just didn't like the way it was shot and done and I didn't want to be a part of it. But, you know, when you're at that age, you know, producers have control over you and you kind of do what they say or else you're now labeled as, oh, difficult to work with and you might lose jobs. So, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing, the power struggle that's always gone on in Hollywood. And we look back on it now. There's probably tons of women who did movies in the late 90s, early 2000s where they were asked to do things that they weren't comfortable with. And, um, unfortunately it went through. So, um, but yeah, Alyssa Milano. And then when I got to like high school, college years, that was probably, then it was Jennifer Love Hewitt. She was probably my all time <laughs> number one. Um, if I'm going back old school, I just, 
So you kind of like the brunettes and you know, Ben, I know you talked to him about it. He, he went out with her before he went oh, yeah. our season. <laughs> I sometimes think he should have just kept dating her, but he had already signed the contract and, um, that was so funny how that was going. Cause this was before social media, Ben season really, before yeah. it kind of took off and, and it all started because Jennifer Love Hewitt was like live tweeting Ashley's season and she just really, mm-hmm. and she like really liked Ben. And then she, I guess she, I think Ben said that she slid into his DMS and he didn't think much of it, but then she was like really interested in him and he's like, well, yeah, I'll go out with her. She's Jennifer Love Hewitt. And then like he had signed his contract to do the show, but she wanted to date him, and it was just like so bizarre that because I want to say that's probably one of the first instances where somebody from this franchise, like, was dating some like somebody that was a celebrity was actually interested right. in them. We've seen a lot of it happen since. Obviously, Wells. Uh, yeah. Oh, is, a lot of people. I think a lot of people do it now, and they don't they don't really even come out with it. But yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I remember being like, wow, I heard that. And I was like, Hmm, um, I can't hardly wait. Oh, such a good movie. That's one of those ones you can't look away from either. Oh yeah. No, that's if it comes on, I'm watching can't hardly wait until the end. But for some, for some reason it's not on nearly as much as pitch perfect is. So that's, that's why <laughs> pitch perfect was my answer. Um, celebrity crush for male. I, this is ran, random for me, but I've always just, thought that Matthew Fox from Lost and Party of Five, he was always a guy that when he was on, I was like, that's a good looking guy. And yeah, I can, Matthew I can Fox. S- I gotta Google him right now. I don't even know who yeah, well, he's he looks older now, but I'm talking Oh wow. Like, yeah. He's gray with a buzzed head. Is the <laughs> yeah. first picture of that came up. Yeah, he was he was on Party of Five with Jennifer Love Hewitt when I first Oh noticed he is cute. Jennifer Love Hewitt. If you Google Party of Five, Matthew Fox well, he had long hair then. It was more just Jack Shepard. I was like, he's a good-looking guy. I can see why women are ogling over him. Um, okay, number nine. We're almost done here. Two questions left. Number nine. What was the last movie or TV show that you cried at? Oh, gosh, Steve. That's a good one. Um Jeez, when I'm pregnant, I could cry about uh, almost everything. I'd have to watch up my my Netflix. Um, I always cry. One of my favorite movies is About Time. Cry at that. Um, but most recent, oof, gosh, I have cried a little bit at The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's that's a perfectly fine answer. Um, yeah, especially when he was talking about his, you know, because I lost my mom and then like the daughters like were there supporting the dad and, you know, my dad just got remarried and like that really pulled at my heartstrings because I could totally put myself in their shoes. So that really got me. The Golden Bachelor did or your dad? Yeah, remarried. the Golden Bachelor and just relating that to him losing my mom and then seeing him having to date again. You're like so happy for them, but it's also like kind of a weird feeling you know my parents were married for 38 years and to see my dad dating again it wasn't like we weren't not supportive it's just a weird feeling you know you kind of have this like loyalty to your mom and uh, I love his wife right now she's incredible but it's just a weird thing yeah how how old were you when your mom passed oh gosh it's been four years Steve four years yeah it's been four years and it never gets any easier so um, but he got remarried and we're so happy for him. But even when he started dating again, he just wasn't ready and he didn't seem very happy. And it just, so the golden bachelor really kind of hit home for me. And yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. It seems like he's a jolly old fella. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
they I think the Golden Bachelor really did it right because outside of the the Kathy and Teresa like hey stop talking about your date there was no drama this season there was none it was right. they really besides zip it <laughs> yeah it, it was really focusing on each of the women and letting them tell their story of, you know, the woman who had to put on a wedding dress for the group date. Oh, this is the first time in 13 years that I've worn a wedding. It brings me back to my wedding day. Like that's the stuff that they needed to do. Like I was not confident that they were going to be able to pull this off and do it the right way. But I said before the season, I hope they are going to focus on the stories and these women and their past and what they've lived through because I think that's what people want after the smut that the bachelor and bachelorette gives us, you know, and they, and they did. I think they, and I also think that the shorter episodes, Steve, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I think that that's been incredible. I mean, I feel like that they could probably do that with some of the normal seasons too. I mean, they've really trimmed the fat. No, they have. And I think with the other show, I think two hours is too long, but I think for the other main show, I think an hour would be too short. I think if they could somehow right. pull off 90 minutes, I go, I think that would be, I think 90 minutes would be perfect. I just don't know if they can do that in this day and age where most shows have to either be an hour or two hours, unless you have another 90 minute show that you're going to run right behind it because primetime television is usually that three hour block. Wednesday nights, CBS does it with Survivor and Amazing Race back to back. They just gave them 90 minutes. ABC would have to come up with another 90-minute show or maybe a 30-minute a one and then an hour one behind that of something else. But I feel two hours, yes, is too long, but I f- would feel that we would get – trust me, people would complain about – let's just say right. Joey's season was an hour. They'd complain that we barely know any of these women and how can he get engaged? Oh, where's the connection? Oh, yeah. You know? but I think <laughs> There's always minutes, something to complain about. <laughs> yeah. I think 90 minutes would be fine. I just don't know if they can pull it off. Obviously, Joey's season is going to be two-hour episodes. But, yeah, um, I think I think they did it right. And, you know, the ratings, I don't think the ratings have anything to do with, well, maybe it has something to do with the fact that it's an hour show. But the fact that this is the most watched show that this franchise has produced since COVID. It's just like, well, you, we know they're going to do another one. I mean, why would you get away from it? You know, um, this is this is a big deal for them that they really struck gold with this Golden Bachelor. I think a lot has to do with Gary, too. Yeah, oh, they- he's going to be a tough <laughs> act to follow. I yeah. really, I mean, depending on obviously who they make the Golden Bachelor uh, at, which I have a couple theories on that. But I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. I want to know what movie made you cry last. Oh. Ha-ha. <laughs> I can't remember if this was the last but it's within the last two or three years, I believe. Oh, no. I'm, there's one I know I'm forgetting. But there's one that's coming to my head right now. And that was the episode of Nashville where Raina died. <laughs> oh, oh. I, know, I, know, I, know, I know which one. A Million Little Things finale. Absolutely. Oh. That was an absolute kick to my gut. That, that <laughs> right was, to the chest. Yeah, it was... It was or a, a stab in the heart, whatever you want to call it. But anybody that watched a kick a, to the gonads. Yeah. Anybody that watched <laughs> a million little things from the very beginning and, and went on the journey for six years and watched that finale. Uh, if you did not, if you were not, um, uh, brought to emotions, you, there's something wrong with you. You don't have a soul. You don't have a heart, but yeah, that's the most recent one. Cause, <laughs> the, 
that finale aired in, I think, I think that was in May. So it was like six, seven months ago. But yeah, I watched that show from the very beginning, million little things on ABC. And, um, absolutely. Uh, that finale was just gut wrenching. So I can't wait to binge watch. I haven't watched any of it, Steve. So Uh, you're telling me I've got a new show. If you want, it's about six seasons long. Um, you know, probably 13 to 15 episodes a season. Um, just a really, really good show. Oh, and you know what else? Obviously, this is us. This is uh, the this is oh. us finale. <gasps> that too. The train. Yeah. I oh, I bought, I cried my eyes out. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I could cry just thinking about it. If I'm not mistaken, this is us finale. I think might have aired the night before <laughs> Million Little Things, where they aired within a week of each other because they both ended this past May, didn't they? Or was this is us isn't a year and a half old, is it? Did it end in twenty twenty two or tw- I have to hold on. I gotta Google this. This is gonna drive me nuts. Uh, it was last year. It was definitely last year. This is us finale date. <laughs> oh, okay. It was twenty twenty two. Okay. It was May twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. So let me do hmm. some so million little things. Jack. Oh, finale. Jack is there. Yeah. Oh, I okay, just got goosebumps. So, so Million Little Things was this year, May 3rd of 2023. This is us, uh, 2022. Okay. Um, yeah, both of those. Because, you know, watch from the beginning. Again, if you watch This Is Us from the very beginning, how how can you not be brought to tears watching that finale? It was, mm. uh, yeah. It pulled every heartstring. Yeah. No, it's such a good show. I love a good cry, though. Sometimes you just need it. It's like you feel better after, you know? Well, the other thing is I've just noticed as I've gotten older, it's just I, I don't think if I watched that show in my 20s, I would have. And I don't, and I don't no. know what it is. It's just as you get older and you start experiencing things, um, yep. it's just it, it. So anybody listening to this that's in your 30s or 20s and you don't think like, trust me, when you get to this age, things hit you a little bit differently. So. Um, and this is the final, so true. this is the final question, but it's the easiest one. It's Thanksgiving week. I want you to tell everybody what you are most thankful for, even though we probably know the answer. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? I would just say family and that's including mine, my little family unit. It's everything I've, <laughs> not to be too cheesy, but it's everything I've always dreamt of. And sometimes I have to pinch myself that this is my reality. Um, and also that my dad's healthy and my, I get to, they're coming over tonight. We're doing the pizza party. Those are the moments that bring me the most joy. And I'm so fortunate to be able to, to spend, save our time with my family. So what about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm thankful for same thing, you know, family, friends, health, uh, is my biggest thing. Um, yeah, I'm th- your Achilles. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> that everything's healed. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for my listeners, my readers, um, because they are what's, you know, keeping me employed. I'm thankful for the fact that, you know, I, I put out 11 podcasts a week and people care about it and take the time to listen, which is, you know, it's not unnoticed. Uh, and Hmm. that's probably the biggest thing right now is that's what's, you know, keeping me going here is I know I have a platform to, you know, just share stories and talk about silly reality shows and give people information about things and people like that stuff. So 
that's great. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing I'm, you know, I'm thankful for. You know, obviously the the basics, family, friends, health. I mean, those are those are standard. But really, my my listeners and my readers, um, thank, thankful for the most. Well, I'm one of them. I'm a massive fan. I'm I'm like I love being able to call you a friend, and I'm thankful for you too, Mom. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and, yes, and thankful for you too. I'm, and you know, I think it's really cool that um, you know, from where from where this started back in 2011, where obviously we didn't know each other for, for years. I can't even remember the first time I ever spoke to you. Um, it was years ago and I can't remember under what circumstances or whatever. I met but... you in person at Michelle Money's thing. And then That's I met right. you for, uh, we went and had dinner in Manhattan beach and I was like so nervous. I was going to get busted. And, um, That's which, right. looking back is so dumb. I had to, like save you in my phone under like a different name, because it was like taboo to like be friends with reality Steve, but um, yeah, no, I can't either. But and we have a nice little community. I love. I met Dave and Tasha through you, and oh, now I keep in touch with them. And it's just it's it's really cool. It makes me happy. That's right. <laughs> we met at Michelle Money's charity event, and I have a picture with you and Selma uh, yes, from that event. She's so short. <laughs> yeah. I have a picture with you and Selma from that event. I totally remember that. And then the first time you and I ever spent like quality time together was the dinner we had together in Manhattan beach when it was right around the time your book came out because your, uh, your, uh, ghostwriter or the, is that what they call ghostwriter came? With yeah. You? Yeah. Co-author. I call co-author. her a co-author, but yeah. Cause we're friends. So we, yeah. I feel like a ghostwriter so informal, you know? Yeah, that's right. And then, um, then she left and we had dinner and yeah, that was really the first time that we had, um, what was that steakhouse called? Do you remember? Gosh, it's right there on, I want to say Manhattan Beach Boulevard. Uh, you liked it. It will yeah. hit you at about midnight tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'll, I'll Text remember. me. Yeah, I'll remember Yeah, I'll remember it at the most ridiculous time of the day. Um, <laughs> like, Courtney, I just remembered it. I remember what, what steakhouse we went to. But yeah, that was, and I want to say that was, pro- when, did your book, when did your book come out? 20? Ooh, I was... 30. I had just turned 30. I'm 40 now. So gosh, 10 years ago. So 20, so 2013. Okay. So then it was right around, it was, I know it was right before your birthday was like a week later or something like that. So it was end of June was when I met you because I know your birthday, it might've been beginning of July because your birthday, I want to say was like a couple days later and your birthday is July 5th, right? Yeah. Good memory, Steve. So, um, yeah, I want to say that you, or maybe it was, might've been in June. And you said, I'm going to be back out here for my birthday, uh, you know, in a, in a few weeks or something like that. But yeah, that's right. That's, that's when we first met. But in recent years, I think obviously since the podcasting, we've, you know, we've talked a lot more. We've sent numerous voice memos to each other. Um, <laughs> we've had a lot to talk about. <laughs> we had, our, we had the Vegas trip. We had the, the party last year. Oh, that was a blast. We're really planning on trying to come again this year. So um, can't wait. We'll probably leave the kids at home. I was going to say, you're re- you, so you're going to leave a three month old at a, you're going to be fine with that for two uh, days. We'll probably be ready. You know, we might make it even a quick trip. It might even just have to be like a, I don't know, a shorter trip, but no, I think we can swing it, Steve. Well, I mean, I'm going to get the cabana again. You can't not. be. Oh, you had me at cabana. <laughs> you don't even say chicken fingers. Yeah. No, I mean, the party will be Friday night. We'll have, the, we'll have the cabana <laughs> on Saturday, unless unless you drive unless you drive back Saturday after the cabana, like you drive back at 
six or whatever, then you're technically gone only one night. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm going to be able to drink, so I yeah. might have a designated driver. <laughs> although maybe we'll just fly. We'll we'll figure it out. If we get the frozen margaritas in the souvenir cups, <gasps> we got to make sure oh. they don't freeze. It. Remember, both me and Amato's yeah. froze, and we're like, what? we were just talking <laughs> about that. I was drinking water out of it. I was chugging water out of it, and I was like, remember when these froze, and you and Steve didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Had to open it up. We had to literally like bang the fucking straw. Against <laughs> We're just like, why like, is this oh, freezing on us? It's frozen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, if you don't, basically, if you don't, if you don't suck out of that straw, probably every thirty seconds, it's just gonna freeze in there, and, <laughs> and then it just gets lodged. And I'm like, Umberto, can you fix this for me? Because I can't drink. It was this. so much fun for us, Steve. That was such a treat, and I was like having rosé all day. Whoa. <laughs> and then. You guys went to the Jim Jeffries concert, not concert, his stand-up that so night. cool. It was a late show. We came back to the room, took a nap, and then, yeah, we got to meet him, which was really neat because he's a Bachelor fan, and I wrote his, like, assistant or something, and it was so cool, Steve. You guys should have come to that. My dad's birthday was in September, but back in September, his birthday gift was I got him tickets to Jim Jeffries here in Dallas. And he just, Oh, went. that's right. You he, told me he just went this past Friday night. November 17th was the, uh, was the date. So he went, he said it was, it was great. It was all new material he hadn't seen before. So that was good. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. He did some of the stuff that's on his Netflix special, but highly recommend if you get a chance to go see him, he's just, he's just so unfiltered. It's, so good and he was really nice in person he seemed a little, like a little tired but i got to meet his wife and that's so cool i can't wait hopefully there's another sh- uh, show that we can see while we're there yeah i mean it, i mean there's not vegas is nothing but shows it's just a matter of what we want to do if we want to see comedy if we want to see a cirque du soleil kind of deal um we'll figure something out but i, I heard pink is gonna have a residency there and I, i've heard she's like incredible to see because she's like flying around the stadium the whole time yeah i don't know if that's been announced or if i just dreamt that up but i would love to see pink i don't know if it's been announced but there are there's so many rumors floating around with the new sphere out there uh, there's rumors that beyonce is going to be the next big one to be having oh, a res- wow. residency at the sphere because that thing is just incredible only U2 has been in it so far, along with Postcard from Earth, uh, which is a like a really cool experience to go watch. It's like 90 minutes. Bachelor Data went and saw it. Susanna told me about it. She said it was just amazing. But um, yeah, the only musical acts that have played in the sphere so far are U2, but they're definitely having more uh, that are going to have a residency there. They just haven't formally announced it, but the rumors are Beyonce. I've heard Beyonce and I've heard Harry Styles. I don't know if both are getting it. If one's going to get it over the other, if they're going to rotate, I don't know. But um, Harry Styles doesn't do it for me, but whatever. I mean, I would <laughs> I don't I don't get I don't get the appeal, but uh, maybe I have to go see him in concert and then I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I wouldn't even I have no interest in seeing Harry Styles. I don't even really care to see Beyonce in concert, but there's so many other things that we could go to that Saturday night if we picked a show. Um yeah, yeah. we'll definitely keep our eye out. I mean, we're almost 6 months away. Gosh. I'll put my calendar guy on it. Umberto's my guy. He's like, you know, if he's at the office, then he'll, he can look up stuff. So I'm going to put him on the case too. Yeah. I don't have the date set just yet, but it's probably going to be that first week in June again. And gosh, I didn't realize like in, oh. in two weeks, we'll be six months away from next year's party happening. I got to start getting on the ball with this and uh, i gotta stop with the jack-in-the-box tacos now that i'm in my second trimester i uh, i got <laughs> i'm gonna have to run to vegas steve i know my gosh look at this thing i mean 
God, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be delivering in March of 2024. May. Wait, May? May 14th, Steve. Oh, I might be mixing you up with somebody else. Um, probably. That's so, like take your pick. <laughs> so you're you're gonna have less than a three week old, roughly. I just did the math on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll be ready for a mom and dad's night out. Are you kidding me? I already talked to Umberto, and he's like, "Oh, we're going. We are going." <laughs> okay, good. Um, I'll just probably be in a mom one piece in a sarong. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Yeah, I was. Just, oh gosh, why did I think you were March? Okay, no. Oh. Oh, well. Um, okay. I mean, if you want, I, obviously you're invited, but I, if you said, Steve, we can't pull it off. I just had a baby three weeks ago. I would totally understand. Like you. Understand okay. Um, well, we'll see. I, I'm planning on being there. I think, like I said, that's plenty of recovery time, but um, we're planning on being there. So, and okay. that's a warning. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> okay. No. Um, well, thank you very much, Courtney, for coming on uh, this week. Um, I hope you and your family have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great party for Paloma tonight. Um, oh, thank oh, you. I've got to go. I got to go um, get the pizza now, and I've got all these balloons to pick up. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I always love chatting with you. Yeah. Uh, what's her big gift, by the way? What's her, what's the big one she gets for this party? For her, she's got a little baby stroller coming, and I made her some. You would appreciate this. I made her some jewelry. She's really into wearing little jewelry, so I made her a little Paloma, like a Taylor Swift necklace and oh, nice. bracelet. <laughs> She's kind of easy to please right now. And then my mother-in-law just brought over like this Barbie play set that's incredible. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. My my family's going to bring a couple gifts. But she's easy to please. She just wants the cake. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all at two years old? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Courtney, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, have a great birthday for Paloma. And uh, obviously we'll be in touch. Awesome, Steve. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so much to Courtney for coming on. I really appreciate that, uh, especially on her daughter's second birthday. I hope they had a great celebration on Tuesday night. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the podcast. And I'm and I mean this when I say this. There are some people who I have become friends with. I don't set out for that to be the case. There are other people in this podcast world, in this Bachelor Nation world that absolutely kiss the ass of people and make sure they tag them and anything they say positive about them so they will see it. And it's just an ass-kissing game. Um, I think anyone that's followed me long enough knows I don't do that. I don't... I want to say I don't care if I become friends with these people because I don't. But I'm saying that if I do happen to, it's not a negative thing. I'm just not out for it. Courtney is somebody that I've become friends with uh, over the years, and I've really appreciated our friendship. I love the fact that she came to the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party last year, and we got to hang the next day, and we've kept in touch, and we leave voice memos for each other all the time, You know, whether it's talking about the Clayton case or, or whatever the case may be. Um, just, you know, And it's, it has nothing to do with power or control or any of this stuff that people seem to get the wrong impression of that, oh, I'm going to you know, befriend Courtney so I can get information. Courtney has no information about this show. She hasn't been on the show in 12 fucking years. Like, you know, that's what I mean. Like this whole narrative that I use people, it's never happened. There was a, a person out there who said it did. So then it spread like wildfire. So that's what I do. It's just like anybody, anybody that wants to say that that happened. Give me the example. Reality Steve uses contestants 
Uh, you know, he holds it over for them. He bribes them. Uh, he manipulates them into telling. Really? Okay, then tell me the example and show me proof. You can't because it's never happened and it never will. I've never done that to a contestant ever. So, um, yeah, the whole thing is just kind of funny. But I, I do appreciate the very few relationships, friendships that I do have because there's the friendships and then there's people that I have relationships with where I could text them. They'll text me back. Maybe the occasional FaceTime, maybe the occasional phone call. But would any of them show up to my party? Would any of them, you know, would they go out of their way for me? Probably very few. And I'm fine with that. I don't need to be friends with these people. But when I do become friends with them, I really cherish it. And Courtney is one of those people. So thank you to Courtney for coming on and doing that on her daughter's second birthday. Um, and thank you all uh, for listening to this podcast on Thanksgiving Day. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to just not talk about show stuff with Courtney. She doesn't need to do that anymore. Ten questions. I feel we learned a lot about her. You might have learned a little bit more about me listening to today's podcast. But again, thank you to Courtney for coming on. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a great day with your family and friends. So for Courtney Robertson, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.